0: Welcome to another edition of 1111 Talk Radio. I am especially excited today because this is launch week for my second book in a trilogy that I'm releasing over 2022. So, for the next hour, I want to devote time to really sharing being the seven illusions that derail personal power, purpose, and peace. This is probably my favorite book of the trilogy because it takes us into the spaces and places within ourselves that we often can't see, don't realize are there, and which are operating our lives in powerful ways. As I experienced these own states of being within myself, it uncovered a multidimensional grid of existence, of life, of living, that opened me up to the full capacity of not only what's possible to be created, but how we create. And so I asked the question, were these times made for us? And another, were these times made by us? This life guide of being reveals how human beings derail their personal power, purpose, and peace, individually and collectively. And it also illustrates the keys to lift humanity to a higher octave of experience, expression, and engagement. The scales of universal justice are rebalancing the elements of crisis, chaos, and dysfunction within our social systems and global structures. Being, the second book in the Self-Realization series addresses the seven illusions of social conditioning, time, duality, money, hierarchy, identity, evolution, and war. Now, I know that these all may not sound like illusions to you. They may actually feel incredibly real at times. But it is through the conditioning and the illusions of these seven that we have created a world that seemingly is in dysfunction and looks as if it's gone mad. In becoming aware of individual expressions of fear and self-obsession and separation, the opportunity to transcend this human condition exists. Being engages the bold, fiercely loving, and courageous conversation that can move our world from conformity to courage, distraction to presence, and interference to intuition. In fact, we can move from our vices into virtue. And so I want to dive into what this all means and why it's so important at this time. But before I do so, I have to tell you where this stemmed from. And it stemmed from what became the original book of living. Living, the seven blessings of human experience, illustrates the moments when the human journey can feel like that uphill climb with both the ordinary and the extraordinary circumstances. I discovered that hidden within plain sight, we had these unique and unconventional set of blessings that are constantly operating in our lives in a cyclical nature. Each one of these actually has its own gifts and is a path to move you, I, we, they, to a higher octave of experience. So living begins this set of manuals And it allows you to really understand that the experiences of life, the blessings of life, which unfold as challenge, obstacles, conflict, chaos, darkness, and death, are actually secret passageways to personal empowerment, spiritual growth, and your highest potential. These, in fact, invite mastery and they'll awaken your inherent gifts and create states of fulfillment, but only if you're willing to face life with exactly what it's bringing. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun, but the truth is, these things are happening to us anyway. And when we avoid or try to distract ourselves from the obstacles, the challenges, the conflicts that occur in front of us, we only prolong the suffering. And so these calls of life, these blessings, took me to a place where I wanted to discover why do they keep happening, not just to me, but to everyone. What is the purpose of these? And if we live in a world where everything really is good and that all is created for our good, then what is the good from these? And that took me from living to being. So as I went through living, I discovered seven levels of experience that take place in living as you course through these cycles. And, And those cycles will always remain the same. You will always start with life and you will always end with death. And we will repeatedly have multiple deaths in our lives of all types of identities and experiences until we reach the ultimate physical passing. And even that death is not true death. But who or what? Creates all of these. Now, a lot of spiritual growth teachings and uh, many personal development teachings have started pointing to the need of becoming aware of our shadow. And that is a very powerful place to start to uncover the patterns, the beliefs, the behaviors that do undermine our greatest efforts. It is the shadow that actually creates a lot of the bumps that we come across along our paths. And unknowingly, this shadow loves us enough to place those things there in an effort to help us grow, become more aware, and stretch into higher states of empowerment. But have we looked beneath the shadow? How much more is there in the vast ocean that we are We think about consciousness as being this higher state that we're always desiring to lift ourselves up into, a massive ocean that contains the full field of thought and and inspiration and ideas and imagination and creativity. But there is a depth to this field that is also a massive ocean that goes into the spaces that cannot be seen that must actually be felt. So being is very much leading to that visceral feeling of life. But to get to that feeling of life, we must uncover what is beneath the shadow. And what I found out was that there was an animal curled up inside of me. Sometimes that animal was a gentle and tender and loving animal that was natural, that came of this earth, that had its own instincts, that knew how to respond, knew how to survive, knew how to utilize this world in a very balanced way. And then there was this other spectrum of the animal, the one that is feral, the one that claws at things, that kills, that hunts, that feeds off of life. And so it's really important to get to know the animal in us because that helps us understand the animal in other people. And as we move even beneath that aspect of who we are, we begin to touch and see the face of the monster or the many monsters that operate inside of us. As we look at the world today There are so many experiences or individuals that can be witnessed that are in extreme pain and because of that, acting upon their impulses and emotions to create violent acts in the world, horrific things, tragic moments, heartbreaking incidences. And for that reason, it is necessary to not only see our own monster, but get to understand it. Because only then can we have the compassion for those individuals that are in that degree of pain, that in order to be heard, in order to be seen, they feel the need to conduct themselves in a way that creates a massive shock. The monster inside of us is built upon years and years and years of trauma. And sometimes it's not just our own embedded trauma. It comes from generations of ancestors. It comes through culture and lineage. It comes through the environment and the field that we have been reared in or the country that we have grown up in. There's so much in terms of energy, in terms of thought, and in terms of the field of consciousness that surrounds each one of us, that we don't realize the impulses to act and react. And the reason we don't realize it is because we tend to focus from one set of eyes at a time. If we are in the identity of uh, a mother or a father, then we're only going to see through those eyes in that moment if we are in an identity of a certain career, then our actions, our behaviors, our words, and our thoughts will only respond from that lens that we are peering through. What we don't realize, though, is that every part of us is active at the same time. It is our presence that is missing. And when we can become present to these different aspects simultaneously, then all of a sudden we respond to life, to experiences, to the incidents that occur, from a place of deep listening and understanding, from every level of self. And that is a primary reason for creating these works that I have written over this, over this period of, of being released, It's intensely important to do so. Uh, My expertise deals with the deep layers of memory that are built up through trauma and conditioning and forgetting. And I really do believe that any individual can reach enlightenment and that their life circumstances hold the key to that. My intention for writing this self-realization trilogy of living, being, and knowing is to really reframe the human condition And in doing so, empower you to receive every blessing, each illusion, and every single grace as the wholeness of this grand earthly realm. But to do that requires a deep love and devotion of self and the full embrace, because beyond the monster, you will encounter all of your inner demons. And it is those inner demons that keep you from humanity from your highest expression of knowing and from access to the superconscious. So where do we begin? Well, we begin understanding that we're playing a game and that you're innocent, that this is a place where you will have your mischief and you will experience your fun, that you're going to build many castles within this creation space And where, within the imaginal realm of human sensation, you spark multiple new worlds. You are the Big Bang, the entire universe in all of its glory. And what you're seeking is remembrance. And this is going to occur through self. The expressions of doing that reflect infinite possibilities of all of your levels of being. Now, what you must know is that you are really electric in your ability to radiate lightness as well as density. Again, it is our presence to what we are creating, how we are being, and what living really means that makes the difference. And so I want to go over what life is really about. You know, that's the first blessing that I bring forward to individuals, the blessing of life. And underneath the blessing of life are all of the other corresponding blessings. But ultimately, it begins with this gift that we gave ourselves to experience incarnation, to understand form by way of being in a physical vessel, and to know the journey by being a seeker uh, that's why in the blessing of life the first path is the path of the seeker and that path is really emboldened with the energy of spirit because spirit truly came to experience itself through eight billion eyes and the walks of uh, legs and arms and the feeling of the heart and the uh, meanderings of the mind, spirit desired to know the capacity of what it meant to be human. And so life must begin that way, but what we have become is outer-focused rather than inner-focused. So every blessing beyond the blessing of life is to turn you back within and to help you remember not only the path of growth, but what is real truth so that you can garner the wisdom and bring yourself back to this place of unification. The reason that there is such separation on the outside, whether you look at it as separations within the world, separations of uh, families, of communities, of countries, of nations, um, separation of races or religions... All of the separation has begun due to a separation inside. When we see the world as a dual landscape, or you think about the concept of duality, the only reason that it can exist is because there is a duality within. There is a divide that exists within us. As I was going through a grief process uh, seven, eight years ago, I was inspired to paint, and the very first painting that came out of me was basically something that was a cross between an infinity symbol and a spider, uh, a web, so to speak, that really illustrated this infinity that would continuously be in play, but the spark at the center that would extend out this ripple of infinity to where it looked like legs of a spider, but from within this spark, two things were born, and one was above and one was below. And, and the one that was above was light, and the one that was below was shadow. And I began to see how we are this one entity of eternity that rests within the void, that expanse of nothing and everything that ever existed, But through this spark of illumination was this search for experience that sparked that divide, that separation, even though it was not separate. The illusion is that it was separate. The separation was the shadow and the light, the yin and the yang, the masculine and the feminine. It could be called many different things, but it is in that place where true birth began, where this thing called life ultimately unfolded. And I came to realize and believe that life had a certain intention in doing so. And that intention was to bring a sense of peace and a measure of understanding, uh, a deepened breath of relaxation to what it meant to be existence, to be essence, and to be the void. And when you surrender to life, it really is not about giving up. It's more about opening to receive the full embrace of all that's available to you here. And that allowing means the deep immersion, the embodiment of something more. It's for you to discover who controls your life, what guides it, what holds space for it. So even the statement, let go and let God, It is a beckoning to understand what is the God of your understanding that leads you to make certain choices, express certain words, uh, follow certain thoughts. So life's intention is to bring that measure of understanding. And then life, I thought, had to have had a vision. And as I look at my own life and, and witness what's going on in the world, What I come to realize is that life's vision has been to create a clear understanding of presence. I mean, what are we in the world if not present? We live in a world that is complete distraction. It is utterly consumed by everything outside of it and continuously running after something else. We live in a world where the illusions abound and... We've been conditioned into uh, all of the aspects of attainment or creation that really are not anything permanent. You know, there is this knowing about life that it is change and that it is impermanent. And yet, for some reason, the wisdom of that never dawns on anyone, that why do I keep running after the impermanent? Why not look after what would be eternal and permanent? And so this vision, I don't think, is uh, about creating the complexity of life. It's about attaining a level of simplicity and understanding that life's vision is going to pull you forward. It is going to be this novel experience that you engage and become aware of in terms of your own eternal nature and the essence that you are, and not only your eternal nature and the essence that you are, but that also that it appears that there are many fish in the sea, and we're all one. We're all connected. Um, this feeling that you're separate, or that you're a fish out of water, or that you don't belong, that is the illusion. You know, I sit and I wonder oftentimes, how do you find the divine? I mean, it really would be like searching in a drop of water that's in the ocean for the ocean. Like, how do you find the ocean in a drop of water that's hidden in the ocean? Well, that is what searching for the divine is. It's like looking for the divine in you that's already in a sphere that is divine, as it is. So that becomes the paradox. It becomes the inquiry and the question that you constantly seek. And because of that, we tend to chase our own tails. So what could life's wish be? When I think about what life must have been wishing... The only thing I can come to is that it really does wish for each of us to experience an ecstatic rapture. And that means the full integration of all of our emotions, of what it means to be energy, of the pure feeling, being, seeing, knowing of humanity and form. It's letting life deeply touch our heart and speak to our souls and calm the mind and frustrate the mind at the same time. It's about letting fill its, letting ourselves be filled by spirit and reaching this place of embodying a peace and a relaxation that lets us slip between the sheets of time, knowing that time is timelessness and that timelessness can be found in moments of time. It is being the infinity, and looping back and forth between form and formlessness. And so as we intimately sink into, you know, all of this that life is, we happen upon what could possibly be life's desire. And I think life's ultimate desire is for us to commune with humanity, commune with our own humanity. When I think about my own life, You know, I think humanity was chiseled out of me, it was conditioned out of me, until I became aware that all I really wanted was to be human, to feel, to know, to understand who I was and what this life was about. And language is such an interesting thing, because we can throw words around and yet never fully understand them, never fully understand what we're saying, much less what anyone else is saying. And so when you think of humanity, you know, don't think of it as this broad expanse of the world, of all its people. Yes, that is a version of humanity that is a collective peoples that are together, but is that true humanity? You know, I think true humanity is the ability to sink into every cell in our being and feel to that degree what our physicality has taken in, we've incarnated in these sacred vessels, these walking temples that we are. And to truly understand each and every moment that has been embedded within ourselves, to know the exquisite joy of certain experiences or the immense heartbreak of others, to really sink into the trauma in a way that it is not only felt and absorbed, but completely dissolved by our presence to it, that awakens our true humanity. And I believe that humanness is our doorway to divinity. I don't believe that the extraordinary is to be sought beyond where you are where you currently stand, or what's going on in your life, I think it exists exactly there. And for that reason, we're never out of time. We tend to live outside of the present moment, but it is the present moment that gives you everything. It is the present moment that is going to be your transformation, your transmutation, your uh, complete ascension into awareness. And so life has this organic quality that will take you exactly there, but it requires trust. It requires the trust that life has your best interest at heart and that life truly and deeply knows what you long for. Because what I know for sure is life will remove everything that is not in alignment with that yearning. So when you find your life in a place of constriction or chaos or where people are moving out of your life or things are leaving your life, you might sit back and wonder, is this life trying to lead me to what I'm truly here for? And really trusting and reclining into that. Because when you commit to the highest expression of self, That is where the shift in paradigm is going to happen. And that shift in paradigm does not have anything to do with your ability to control your circumstances or to try to fix a situation that you're in or that someone else is in. That shift of paradigm is going to take place when you embrace the density. When you are willing to say, now I get Let go of the known in order to know the unknown. When I am willing to say, I let go of who I am to discover everything that I've never been. It's moving from everything to nothing. It's moving from being somebody to being nobody. And only when you can touch these places can you then hold the power of true creatorship and become a master of your destiny. It doesn't mean that you'll never be anybody ever again or that you have no significance. It means that you have been willing to remove the mask of your smallness to uncover truly the expanse of your greatness. Because every time we put on a face, an identity, an outfit, What we're really doing is limiting the capacity for anything outside of that story. And when we limit ourselves to one single story, then we create a trajectory and a destiny based on that particular set of circumstances, framework, thoughts, and ideas. But when we can let go of all of that, then all of a sudden the landscape opens to infinite possibility. And that's why it's so important to understand these levels of being and the play that is actually occurring through you. Being in itself has its own layers and levels. And as you move through this self-realization trilogy, You know, it can be read a lot of different ways. Each book can definitely stand on its own and has uh, an aspect of you that you will gain great understanding to. But yet each book is also linked. Um, There are grids within the book that show you the seven layers of each blessing in living. Uh, There are grids in the book of being that show you the seven layers of each illusion. And the same goes with the third book. You will see the grids that show you the seven layers pertaining to knowing. But there are also a set of grids that show you how these books are linked. Because what I found was there was a correlation of how I was living to an illusion that I had present within my consciousness. And in knowing that illusion, I could move into a state of knowing that would allow me to live in a different way. For example, with the blessing of life, the illusion is time, right? Because life is finite, it has a certain amount of time that we are, are going to experience it between birth and death. and. It is that illusion of time that kind of shapes identity. It shapes everything about how we see the world. We start to create a framework of who the human being is. And when we see that framework of who the the human being is, all of a sudden that's where limitation comes from. That has its own set of fears. It has its own set of dreams and ideals Uh, And all of a sudden, there's no way to move beyond that construct. And so the conditioning that we have engaged in becomes our own self-inflicted conditioning and more so our own self-obsession, which is really what the Book of Being is about. It's about our self-obsession. And so as we look at the blessing of life and we realize that it's the illusion of time, that's going to correlate in Book 3 to the first grace, which is the grace of simplicity. Uh, The antithesis of simplicity would be complexity. And when we have a blessing of life and we are bought into the illusion of time and we get caught up in the identities and the stories that we have, then we create a world of complexity. So then the work becomes about taking apart piece by piece all of what was complex, and leaving us in a space of emptiness where there's nothing left. Now, to the human ego, that will sound incredibly terrifying. The human ego wants to be in control. It wants to know that it's safe and taken care of. It wants to believe in the story it has created and the identity that it has uh, embodied in order to survive. But when we dismantle what the ego has put in place to protect us and we move into that space of simplicity, we start to open the door to softness, to humanity, to a level of gentleness and tenderness that has not been there before. And in doing so, we we open to a greater naturalness. And so as we look at the Book of Being and we move through these various illusions, such as time, duality, money, identity, evolution, war, hierarchy, they are going to present concepts that are probably very opposite of what you believe. Some of the ideas might actually be quite triggering to the ego, because it really does dismantle what you've come to know about life, what you thought was real. And you start to see through the veils of illusion, which then allow the house of cards to fall, that house of cards that got created between zero and seven. And I go into the zero to seven uh, age stage and how impactful that is in creating not only the blessings, but... Um, adding the extra insulation and, and framing for the illusions that start to take over your life. You know, within each of the illusions, I told you there's a, a framework that you will unfold, and I'd love to go over a bit of that with you, just so you have an understanding of what it really means to be self-obsessed and self-absorbed and each one of us have that quality. We can see that in the growing narcissism in our world. It is being reflected to us on a daily basis. And narcissism has its healthy form as well, but what we're seeing a lot in the world is the shadowed unhealthy form that keeps us preoccupied with ourselves, with our own agendas, with uh, a lack of empathy or a lack of understanding for others and that's what creates further chaos within the world so as you move through these illusions the first thing that you are going to encounter within each one is a specific obsession that is within you and these obsessions range from you know emotional obsessions to the secrets that you keep to material obsessions you know, all the way down to the mask that you wear and even the spiritual obsessions. You know, just because you're on a spiritual path or you've met people that are spiritual teachers, don't be bamboozled into believing that this is also not a self-absorbed, self-obsessed arena. Uh, Every area of our world and every single person has shadows animal natures monsters and inner demons we have to tell the truth about that and understand that in being human we are multi-dimensional beings and that each of us will carry every single aspect and so with time you know it's emotional obsessions we're here to master the spikes of our emotion as they come up and we get caught up in our anger or we get caught up in our ecstasy or We get caught up in our jealousy. So time prolongs that. The story prolongs all of those emotions to where we build upon that. And as we do, our our lives get smaller because we get hooked on the story and we keep fanning the flames of those emotions, which keeps us hooked on the story. And that keeps an individual living in their little life rather than realizing their interconnection to the greater whole. And so within each of the illusions, there is a global reflection of what that specific obsession uh, creates on a larger scale. And so for time, it has everything to do with the global reflection of energy. And so when we think about energy, we know that we're all made of energy, that we create with energy, that is the energy with which we do things that creates the impact And also creates the fluctuations in our earth, in Mother Gaia. And so our emotions, when suppressed, will create eruptions externally. When our emotions are not in check and they're unconsciously just reactive, well, that's part of the reason that we see the reactivity in the world or we encounter people that you know, in their emotion, they create certain acts, or we see a volcano erupt here, or forest fire there, or hurricane, you know, in this part of the world. All of those things have to do with the global reflection of energy. And within each of the illusions, there's been a whole, H-O-L-E. H-O-L-E. It, is, it is the deep abyss that we fall into unknowingly. That keeps the illusion in place, that keeps the obsessions going, and that continues to create the outer experiences in the collective. And so for time, it is the whole of slothfulness. You know, when you think of the sloth, they kind of lay around, and and yes, slothfulness means, you know, someone that's kind of lazy and, and lays around, but in this context, slothfulness has more to do with the apathy and the indifference, which is a corollary of laziness. It is about moving around in the world, not really caring or not fully present. It is the indifference to the things that are taking place, the complicitness or the complacency. Uh, It is the um, platitudes that are said when something happens. For example, if someone passes away or someone experiences a loss or someone is hurt, it is that way of just parroting the platitudes that we have heard for eons, whether they're spiritual or whether they're cultural, but not really being present to the situation that's taking place. And in not being present to the situation that's taking place, not being present to the feelings that are being evoked within. And so you see how that ties back to emotional obsession because emotional obsession is reactive, it's external, whereas feeling is internal. We often react with emotions so that we don't have to feel. And so the key hole that is the opening of the doorway And when I say keyhole, I mean the W-H-O-L-E, as opposed to the hole of slothfulness. The keyhole would be devotion, a level of devotion to self to be so present when interacting with others or the world, to know exactly what you're feeling, exactly what is taking place on different levels, to have an understanding of who you are being in that moment, or where you're which lens of being you are looking through. And so, with each illusion, you are going to move from one expression of being to a different octave of being. And when I talk about being, as well as in the other books, you know, there's this interesting way that I was guided to write these books where words are either all lowercase first letter uppercase, and the rest lowercase, or all uppercase. And the reason that that is done is to get you into the habit of seeing through the different layers of being, the different levels of you, at the same time, so that you can begin to operate from wholeness. So for for time, in the blessing of life and the illusion of time, you are here to move from teacher to example. We We all try to be teachers in our own way. But what we are here to do is actually be the example. And the example embodies. The example immerses. The example reflects. It is the part of us that's willing to go through the journey for the sake of ourselves. And in doing so, by being the example, it becomes the guide for other people. So there's a distinction in the frequency and vibration that you emit when you shift from teacher to example. And how do you get there? Well, each illusion has a certain thing that you are here to cultivate. And in this case, regarding time and regarding devotion and emotional obsessions, you are here to cultivate listening. And listening occurs on many different levels. It's not just listening through the ears. It means listening to your body, listening to your feelings, listening to your emotions, listening to the vibrations that are coming off of your skin, listening to the apathy and the indifference. It's about a really deep level of listening. And when you do so, the flowering that will take place is that you will hear thyself. Each one of the illusions points back to something for thyself. And ultimately, what we're here for is self-awareness, self-realization, which is why this is the self-realization series. And what the ultimate purpose of this trilogy is, is for your own self-realization and awareness to all that you are. And the final piece of each illusion has to do with a petition. It is a petition of prayer that is not only individual, but more so collective, something that allows you to uh, utilize what you're gaining through the knowledge of your multidimensionality and then allow that to be something that impacts the collective through your awareness. So as you go through each section, within any of the books, there are um, sections at the end that support you. They're done a little bit differently between the book Living and the book Being. Uh, In the book Being, there's a section of affirmation, contemplation, inspiration, where you have the affirmations and you are prompted with the questions to uh, invoke inner contemplation and inspiration. And as you move through those, you're taken through each of the seven levels very carefully so that you become more and more aware of those levels of being. And then you come to the petition for presence, which I'd love to share um, what this one is. You know, the petitions are really to answer the question, what is the shift in consciousness? And in this case, it would be for presence. The shift in consciousness that you're looking for is the understanding, I am free, you are free, we are free, they are free. We all are free to fly. That is the understanding that we must get to. And to get there, we move in collective prayer for hearing the unified harmonic resonance of the global energetic matrix, which is as follows. Dear Infinite Oneness, take us into the subtle moments, unveiling the secrets of time, awakening to essence, relaxing into the nuances of timelessness that rests between the skin and tissue of humankind. Streaming through ancestral veins flows the sweet agony of our inheritance. Bone structures and bloodlines of our yesterdays and tomorrows create love out of our human suffering and our legacy of sorrows. Allow silence to reveal the richness of all that has been carried as it dissolves into neutrality ending the saga between humanity and divinity in a sacred marriage. Let this mixed pot of memory boil over with the broth of brotherhood and the savory sauce of sisterhood, as each soul is reconfigured in infinite expressions of light for greater good. Resounding throughout the universe, heavenly echoes of past creations release the visceral memory residing within our bodies as we clamor in wait for salvation. Guide us, great spirit, between the veils that cloud our visions. Continue turning us back toward the caverns of the heart with the inclination to stay inward. Reignite us as we traverse the hills and valleys of immortality. Create peace within us, unleashing the ancient callings of your infinite vitality. With your grace, purify this toxic lineage of time. With your blessing, Free our self-imposed shackles of mind. Within your silence, awaken the bliss of equanimity. Allow what must become known to be embraced, owned, and absorbed lovingly. Let us feel the fluttering of our earthly wings softly emerge, that they tickle us with inspired action to fly upon winds of change as spirit birds. May they lift us weightlessly, so we rise to bandwidths unknown, let us know without a shadow of doubt that we are home. Every single human being calling from near and far, incarcerated, incarnated souls, sparkling and shining as the divine oneness that we are. In receiving this illusory gift of time, may we give ourselves the treasure of timelessness. So be it and so it is. And from that place, of the illusion of time and moving through this and being part of the collective unfolding of resolution, we then move into the illusion of duality, which is one of the great illusions of all time, because we think everything is dual, when in fact it is all oneness, just as I explained in the painting, the infinity symbol that was created from the void never separated it's always been in a flow but we have placed our eyes on a place of separation that has created a duality and so that creates the grand illusion that keeps on going i go into further detail on the illusions of identity, which are really, really powerful, as well as the illusions of evolution and war. It is the delving into these topics in this very intimate way to really break through the ideas, the guardedness, the concepts that we have built up in our minds that will shift how we are in the world and what the world is really here to present to us. And so I'd love to go over a little bit once again about the three books. You can order them from anywhere that books are sold. They're available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can click the banner at the top of the show page and uh, order the book Being, which is releasing this week. And if you go and uh, order the three books in the, uh, the Self-Realization package, you actually get three bonus CDs that will go with that as well. So you can check that out. On my website at IamSymran.com, again, my expertise deals with the deep layers of memory that are built through trauma, conditioning, and forgetting. I believe that any individual can reach enlightenment and that their circumstances of life hold the key. My current trilogy is available now, Living the Seven Blessings of Human Experience, pertains to the multidimensional aspect of self that is walking in the world. It guides individuals through the cycle of experience that life is, which continues to repeat over and over again. And as we master a set of unorthodox blessings, such as challenge, conflict, chaos, obstacles, darkness, and death, we come to a vital understanding of where we are and who we are. And as long as we remain deeply unconscious and in those dimensional levels asleep, then we are not able to rise into the higher octaves of experience that are our divine inheritance. Book two, Being, The Seven Illusions That Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace, is out now. And it is a deepening into our various levels of being that are active all of the time, most of which we remain completely unaware of. These multiple dimensions of being are what create the issues of our world. And in seeing, acknowledge, and embracing the change in our world through embodying seven keys and unveiling our lower base self-absorbed expressions, we can elevate them into the unified beingness that turns into servant leadership, personal power, and peace. And in December, my third book will release, which is Knowing, The Seven Human Expressions of Grace, and that's the dissolving of all that is not real. So to receive the grace of one's own humanity, it is the flowering of our most expansive experience of love through the self-appointed grace that opens the portal to divine knowing, sacredness, and holy grace. This is the complete beauty of being human and letting ourselves fully Embrace it and be embraced by it. And so I invite you to partake in these books and to close out the show. I want to share with you a portion of being, uh, a chapter toward the end called The Masters. And the question in that chapter that was presented was, what are you in allegiance to? You created a mess, which now sends messages This has infiltrated the masses, continuing a legacy that conditions, conforms, and oppresses. Break free of your spell amid the brokenness that weeps. Rise from within this collective dark night, shaking off your restless, deep sleep. You commit to either a higher master or a lower master. They express differently, each embodying a specific focus and vision relative to their importance within you. Your commitment to the master of your choosing calls forth experience, not only for you, but also for others. The collective experience amplifies every thought, word, and deed toward a global reflection. It is imperative to discern where your faith, trust, and devotion are anchored. You either believe in a world of separation, evil, pain, and discord, or you believe in a world that is unified, good, well, and joyful. However, if most, like most people, you see between the two, and this is what creates a world of duality and suffering. You cannot serve two masters and expect a single outcome. I invite you to get your set of the Self-Realization series and order your copy of Being today. That's Being, the seven illusions that derail personal power, purpose, and peace. Until next time, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well.